the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Hopes. Glad to be here on a Wednesday as I'm going to get you ready for Oklahoma State's matchup with Georgetown tonight at Gallagher Iba Arena as Patrick Ewing will lead his squad into GIA. I'm sure many of you either didn't know or have forgotten that Patrick Ewing is the head coach at uh, at Georgetown. So it'll be a treat to have him and his team in Stillwater uh, and hopefully is a packed house and a great crowd tonight at GIA. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and college sports. We've got you covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. Go listen to my good friends John Hoover and Brady Trantham as well. John Hoover is Locked On Sooners, and Brady Trantham is Locked On on Thunder as Oklahoma City gets ready to host Indiana tonight. So go listen to those guys as well. Glad you're with me here on a Wednesday. Let's start with a little bit of football because uh, I got a good question on Twitter from Brian Raper. And we'll get, he asked about the bowl and I want to get into that and how last night's college football playoff rankings could potentially impact where Oklahoma State goes bowling. Uh, but, but Brian's first comment here, uh, he said, I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and then he says, my bedlam thoughts is that there was no creativity in play calling. There was no misdirection. I feel Gundy is not letting Gleason do his job. Uh, I've had a couple of comments now about the play calling on Saturday. Look, I, I totally understand it. I, I didn't think it was the best. Uh, I think whenever you're down playmakers, it limits what you're able to do from a play calling perspective. Uh, I actually think against West Virginia, Oklahoma State did a pretty good job of getting the ball to Chuba into Chuba Hubbard's hands in space in other ways besides just turning and handing it off to him, which allowed him to reach nearly the 200 all-purpose yards mark. Uh, I also thought against TCU especially, I thought the play calling was phenomenal because remember, TCU was that first game after Oklahoma State lost Tylen Wallace in the Iowa State game, and against TCU, what do they do? They come out, they know that TCU is going to load the box against Chuba Hubbard, so they just they just uh, let uh, sorry, I'm, I'm Googling and talking. They let uh, Spencer Sanders run the ball a lot in that TCU game. I'm actually trying to pull up Spencer Sanders' stats and see how many attempts he had in that game. So they let Spencer Sanders run the ball more in the TCU game, and that freed up Chuba to have a big day as well. Chuba had, remember, 223 rushing yards in that game, and Spencer Sanders carried it 19 times for 88 yards in that game. So I thought that that was big. He was only 9 of 15 passing, but Oklahoma State ran the ball as a team for three and one yards. Uh, so that is why Oklahoma State was able to be successful against TCU. I just think when you lose your playmakers, you, you to some extent lose the ability to be creative with your play calls. Uh, and, and look, I'm always a fan of more misdirection. I'm always a fan of more motion. Uh, you, you know, I love teams who, and OU did a lot of this against Oklahoma State on Saturday night, who bring a guy in motion and fake the handoff to the motion man. And you don't have to do it every play, but there are a lot of teams who do that a lot. And what that does is it just holds those guys on the edge just for that extra 
quarter of a second before they realize that he doesn't have the ball. And and that extra quarter of a second, that can be the difference between Chuba breaking a big one and not breaking a big one. So I do agree with you there was not enough motion in that game on Saturday night, not enough misdirection. As far as Gundy not letting Gleason do his job, man, I I don't know who who's calling what percentage of the plays. I, I do think that Sean Gleason, for the most part, is the one making it happen. But I, I also think that there's a chance that Gundy could get a uh, a little control happy and want to take that back over. So I totally understand your frustration there. And then Brian also asked, what bowl are you projecting the Pokes to go to? Well, I would guess that it's going to be the Texas Bowl. And hopefully, if it is the Texas Bowl, it'll be against a good opponent like Texas A&M, not a snoozer like Central Michigan, uh, even though that would be quite the revenge game. Uh, Let's hope we can only play 60 minutes this time, if it is, in fact, the Chippewas. Um, Most of the bowl projections have Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. But here's why the college football playoff rankings are key for Oklahoma State. One, Oklahoma State stayed in at number 25. Just simply being ranked in the top 25 of the college football playoff rankings probably gives you a better chance to go to a better bowl game. Because Oklahoma State's in the top 25, Iowa State's not, Texas is not, Kansas State is not. So Oklahoma State has a little bit of a leg up there whenever it comes to bowls deciding which team they want because... You, you get the preview for that bowl game, you get it scrolling across the bottom line, and you have a ranked opponent. So ideally, teams would like to get two ranked opponents into their bowl game. Now, up at the top, we've got same top four from a week ago. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia. Behind them, we get Utah, OU, and Baylor. In that order, 5-6-7, Utah, OU, and Baylor. Th- this is why... What happens this week between OU and Baylor is very important in determining where Oklahoma State winds up in a bowl game. Let's say that this is a close game between Oklahoma and Baylor. Good game. OU wins 38-34. Uh, OU kind of leads by about 7-10 to 10 the whole way and ends up winning 38-34. Uh, to 34. That means now that... Uh, OU would likely get themselves into the playoff. I I don't know. I still think that they're going to jump Utah if they beat Baylor. Some people think Utah will remain up there. Also, you need LSU to beat Georgia. So there are some dominoes to fall. But assuming the dominoes, which are likely, fall for OU, they could get a playoff spot. Now, if Baylor, at 11-2 as the Big 12 runner-up, garners a New York 6 bowl spot, which they likely would, that means Oklahoma State could even find themselves in an Alamo Bowl matchup against Oregon, which to me would be much preferable to um, to going to the Texas Bowl. I just And, and Camping World, I, I don't have any desire to see Oklahoma State in the Camping World Bowl again. Um, most Camping World Bowl projections I've seen are either Notre Dame and Texas or Notre Dame and Iowa State. Uh, Alamo Bowl projections. I've seen some of those with Kansas State in them. I like the Alamo Bowl, man. I I, I know some people um, you know aren't crazy about it, but Oklahoma State fans always show up well to the Alamo Bowl. I like the matchup, Big 12, Pac-12. I would like to see Oklahoma State go up against Oregon uh, and a potentially highly drafted Justin Herbert at quarterback. I think it would be a really good matchup. So if I were picking, I would like to see Oklahoma uh, State go to the Alamo Bowl against Oregon. But if I was guessing, I would say Texas Bowl against Texas A&M. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Let's talk a little Oklahoma State basketball. Oklahoma State and Georgetown uh, getting underway tonight at Gallagher-Iba Arena. That is a 7 o'clock tip. 
It is at Gallagher Iba. It is a home game. A lot of people have been on Twitter saying that they're going to be there. Go to Gallagher Iba Arena. I know uh, my mom and I think my sister are going up to watch the game tonight. It might be my mom and dad. I, I never know who's using the tickets. But uh, people are going. It's going to be a great atmosphere. So go up and support Oklahoma State. They're playing a good team in Georgetown. Only a 4-3 and three record, but don't let the 4-3 and three record for Georgetown fool you. They've played some really good opponents. Uh, so it should be a good game tonight between Oklahoma State and Georgetown. And like I said, Patrick Ewing will be in the building, so you get to see Patrick Ewing. Make sure you head over to Audible when you get done listening to Locked on Pokes. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. That's all one word locked on NBA. If you're listening on the go and can't visit audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on podcast.com slash offers. All right, stay with me. I'm going to talk about the matchup of the two seven footers tonight in Stillwater here on locked on pokes, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell, getting you ready for tonight's matchup between Oklahoma State and Georgetown. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Uh, I love whenever you all interact with your tweets. Makes for great content on the podcast. And I love talking sports on Twitter. So hit me up at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. You can ask me about football, basketball, whatever it may be. Maybe you want to talk about Ricky Fowler in the President's Cup next week or down at the Hero World Challenge. Uh, this week, he's underway right now in the Bahamas. So hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. All right. We will talk about the matchup of the two seven-footers momentarily, but uh, do want to let everyone know that Georgetown had to dismiss a couple of its key players yesterday amid restraining orders and sexual assault allegations. Uh, the starting point guard, James Akinjo, who's one of the leading scorers, he averages in double figures scoring for Georgetown, and uh, forward Josh LeBlanc are no longer with the program and have entered the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, Patrick Ewing announced this on Monday night. Uh, he said, Georgetown University men's basketball players James Akinjo and Josh LeBlanc will not be playing for the men's basketball team effective immediately and will not be members of the team for the remainder of the season. Now, it's uh, and I'm reading this all on Yahoo here. It's, it's a Yahoo report. It's not clear exactly what led to their departures, but there have been multiple reports uh, connecting uh, – LeBlanc and two other Georgetown players, so not Akinjo, but LeBlanc and two other Georgetown players to allegations of sexual assault, harassment, and burglary. Uh, so on, on November 5th, there were temporary restraining orders filed against LeBlanc, not Akinjo, but against LeBlanc and two other teammates, Galen Alexander and Myron Gardner. These restraining orders were granted a week later. Uh, and one of the complainants accused uh, LeBlanc of assault and battery and theft. 
Uh, Alexander and Gardner were not mentioned in Ewing's statement, so I'm not sure exactly uh, what, what the deal is there. Akinjo has not been accused with his three teammates. Uh, Akinjo, let's see here. Akinjo, he was the biggest rookie of the year last season. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Again, it, it's very vague as to what exactly uh, led to all of the dismissals of these players. Um, but again, uh, Akinjo and LeBlanc will not be suiting up for the Hoyas tonight. So Patrick Ewing will be leading what is left of his Georgetown squad into Gallagher-Iba Arena. Uh, I do think that this will be a, a good matchup. Let's talk about the seven-footers now. I just wanted to touch on that. I, I know it's a, a big story that they're coming in without two key players, but I don't want to just dwell on the, uh, the restraining orders and the sexual assault allegations. Uh, Omir Yurtsevin is going to be a phenomenal matchup for Yorane. I'm really looking forward to watching Omar Yurtsevin and Yorane go back and forth. Omar Yurtsevin, uh, he's a senior, first off, so he's got a lot of experience. He averages 15.6 points per game, 9.7 rebounds per game, two blocks per game, and uh, he does it all on about 56% shooting from the floor. And this is going to be a great test for Yorane. Omar Yurtsevin, uh, a senior, like I said, 7'264 pounds from Istanbul, Turkey. So this is a big dude that Yorane is going to be matched up with uh, tonight in Stillwater. And you would imagine that Georgetown will be trying to force the ball to Omer Yurtsevin even more with the loss of uh, Akinjo and of LeBlanc. Akinjo averaged 13.4 points per game as the point guard, and Josh LeBlanc, starting forward, averaged 7.2 points per game. So they're going to have to make up a little more than 20 points per game with the losses of Akinjo and LeBlanc. LeBlanc. So this is uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, the loss of Akinjo and LeBlanc have led this line to balloon. Oklahoma State is an 11-point favorite over the Georgetown Hoyas, which feels about right with them missing 20 points of scoring from the 77.6 that they average as a team throughout the season. So an 11-point line is probably about right. Uh, I, now I'll say this. I don't necessarily like either side of it, even with Oklahoma State uh, having, you know, coming off two big wins. Oklahoma State in its last two home games barely squeaked past Yale and barely squeaked past Western Michigan. Hopefully tonight the crowd is much better than it was those two nights in Gallagher Arena. I think it will be, uh, especially, you know, football season is over. I think just football season being over allows people to transition their brains to basketball season because I know I'm that way. Uh, I can't get no matter how much I try, pardon me, I cannot get fully 100% invested in basketball until football's over because I devote so much of my time and energy to football that it's just hard. There's not that much left over for basketball, uh, and I think a lot of people are probably that way. So I think more people will be focused on basketball now and after what Oklahoma State pulled off in Brooklyn this past week, you would hope that Oklahoma State fans uh, show out in drove tonight at Gallagher-Iba Arena. So should be a good one tonight between Georgetown and Oklahoma State. I am uh, looking forward to the coaching matchup. Mike Boynton going up against Patrick Ewing, of course, the longtime Nick Great and the Basketball Hall of Famer. So 
Should be a good one tonight in Stillwater. If you can get to Gallagher-Iba Arena, you should get to Gallagher-Iba Arena. Watch Lindy Waters, Thomas DeZagua, Yorinay, Cameron Griff, all those guys, Isaac Likely, doing their thing for Oklahoma State. One of two remaining unbeatens in the Big 12. That's right, only two. Oklahoma State and West Virginia both sit at 7-0. and uh, Kansas has lost a game. They're ranked number two in the country. Lost opening night to Duke. And then Baylor has also lost a game. They lost to Washington, and they're ranked 18th in the country. Don't ask me how Oklahoma State is 7-0 and with those two dominating wins this past weekend and unranked, while Baylor has a loss to Washington and is ranked 18th in the country. I don't have the answer for you. Uh, again, I think a lot of times early in the season, teams are ranked on how good everyone thought they were going to be and not how good they've actually been over the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, all right, let's take a break, come back. Let's talk a little more college basketball. We'll talk some more about the Big 12 Conference, where Oklahoma State is starting to stack up, uh, my, my annoyance with the AP rankings. All that's coming up next here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you are with me on this Wednesday. Basketball season in full swing now as football has come to a close. Of course, we still have conference championship games this weekend. We still have the uh, college football playoff release on Sunday. Bowls will be released on Sunday. And then, of course, all the awards will be given out over the next couple of weeks. We'll see if Chuba gets to attend New York for the Heisman Ceremony uh, and whether he wins the Doak Walker Award, which he should. So uh, we'll see how that all plays itself out over the next couple of weeks. But we turn our sights now to college basketball. Oklahoma State 7-0 and currently, uh, one of two undefeated teams in the Big 12 Conference. Oklahoma State and West Virginia, both 7-0. and Of course, nobody's played any conference games yet, so a lot of that depends on schedule. But Oklahoma State, a couple of impressive wins this past weekend against Syracuse and Ole Miss. Uh, as far as ranked teams in the Big 12, only two. Kansas is the number two ranked team in the country at six and one. Of course, that loss in the uh, opening game of the season. Did they lose to? They lose to Duke or did they lose to Kentucky? I'm trying to remember who played who. They lost to Duke. They lost to Duke 68-66 in that opening game. Baylor is the number 18 ranked team in the country. They are also 6-1, and one, and they lost to Washington in the second game of the season, 67-64. to 64. They also have a nine-point win over Villanova. So I... I don't know, man. I still cannot figure out what is going on with the uh, the college basketball rankings, how Baylor is ranked at number 18. Oklahoma State is unranked. Baylor lost to Washington, currently the number 22 team in the country. But Oklahoma State has no losses. I just, again, rank teams on what they are, not what you thought they were going to be entering the season. It drives me absolutely crazy in college basketball. If Oklahoma State gets two wins this week, then I would imagine Oklahoma State will find itself in the top 25. I just, I, I don't know how they couldn't if they, uh, if they win both of their games this week and move to 9-0. and uh, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Texas is 7-1. OU and TCU both also 6-1. And, and then Kansas State and Texas Tech are both 5-2. and two. 
Iowa State four and three on the season. Uh, in the AP Top 25, again, it's just Kansas and Baylor, but Oklahoma State did receive the most votes of any Top 25 team, uh, or pardon me, of any Big 12 team who's outside the Top 25. Oklahoma State received 85 votes. Texas Tech uh, was next most in votes at 43, and then West Virginia receiving 28 votes. Oklahoma received six votes to be in the AP Top 25. So uh, Oklahoma State, as the pecking order for the Big 12 uh, Basketball Conference, kind of becomes known. Seems like Oklahoma State is finding themselves right now in that upper tier of the Big 12. We'll see if that transitions into uh, into the season as Oklahoma State gets conference play underway, I believe, at the end of this month. Uh, pardon me, January 4th. January 4th will be the first conference game for Oklahoma State. That is one month from today, and that'll be a Saturday 11 a.m. game uh, in Lubbock. So Oklahoma State will start conference play on the road. Uh, and both Bedlam's pretty late this year. Neither one in January, both in February. So a uh, lot of good college basketball to look forward to. Oklahoma State, Georgetown, and Wichita State this week, both at home. 7 o'clock tonight, and then 1 o'clock this weekend against the Shockers, so make sure that you are at Gallagher-Iba Arena supporting Mike Boynton and the Cowboys. Head up there tonight and watch the Battle of the Seven Footers. Yorinay and Omar, uh, here, let me let me look at this again because I don't want to mispronounce it. Omir Yurtsevin. Omir Yurtsevin tonight in Stillwater. Patrick Ewing bringing his Hoyas into Gallagher-Iba Arena. Get up there. Check it out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, my prediction for tonight, let me give you a score prediction. Over-under is 144.5. Oklahoma State's an 11-point favorite. So give me the Cowboys 75-67. to 67. How about that? 75-67. I'll take Oklahoma State to win tonight at home over Georgetown. Thanks, everyone, for being with me for another edition of Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.